Hello and thank you for tuning in to the Weird, Wacky and Wonderful Stories podcast. Now, please welcome, all the way from their front living room, your hosts, Shelley and Bella. Hey everybody and welcome to episode 27 of the Weird, Wacky, Wonderful Stories podcast. Hi everybody. And today we've got a little bit of a surprise for you, although those that are subscribed to our Twitter account will already have a little bit of a heads up. And that is the fact that we received a black-eyed kid's story, which is really, really interesting and quite spooky as well. So we'll share that with you a little bit later on. But first, we're going to start this podcast off on changelings. What's a changeling? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because a changeling, according to Wikipedia, is a creature that's found in folklore and folk religion. A changeling child was believed to be a fairy child that had been left in place of a human child stolen by the fairies. The theme of the swapped child is common in medieval literature and reflects concern over infants thought to be infected with unexplained diseases, disorders or development disabilities. What do they do then? They take the kid and what? Well, it depends what story you read, but... It's kind of like, you know, the whole witchcraft thing where if they thought you were a witch, they would like burn you or drown you or whatever. And if you died, then, okay, you possibly weren't a witch. But if you lived, then you were a witch. And so they were going to kill you. Yeah. It's a similar sort of thing with the changing, really. Sometimes they would leave them out in the forest and see whether they died or not. If they died during the night, then the chances are the fairies actually took the child away and and therefore there's no problem. Well, there is a problem because you haven't got a kid anymore. Yeah. If the child survived the night, then it was definitely a changeling, in which case they'd leave it out for another night until eventually it did die. I mean, absolutely disgusting. Well, I thought the fairies just replaced the child with a changeling. Yeah, I wasn't talking about the fairies. I was talking about the parents who thought that their child was already a changeling. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, so when they were overcome with consumption and everything, when the child became really, really sick and then wasn't acting its normal self, they would believe that the fairies had come and replaced it with a changeling. And in that case, they would say, well, this can't be my kid because it's acting so weird. Let's check it out in the forest and see what happens. In the Viking era, Ragnar, he had a son and he couldn't walk the kid's legs didn't work so he drug himself around on his arms and he was called Ivar the Spineless I think wow it's a bit of a harsh nickname isn't it isn't it so they took him when he was a baby and they stuck him out in the woods and when they went back to see whether he was gone or dead or Whatever. He was still there. The father then took him. And I'm not sure, but I think the mother was never really aware that he'd done it. He decided that he would keep him and raise him as his son because he was still there. He couldn't go very far, could he, to be fair to him? (laughs) No. (laughs) We're going to have to do a podcast on Viking folklore and and Viking myths, because you know a lot about that, don't you? I know a lot. Bryce can probably tell you this whole story I just told you in a much better way, but he's sleeping, so that's not going to happen. Well, maybe we'll edit him in later on. Yeah. Wow. I don't know if you guys can hear the rain coming down outside. I apologise for this. We can't afford a nice studio, unfortunately. So, as the intro says, we are in our living room at home and the rain is coming down. So, apologies if you can hear it. I have here a story about the Kintalan changeling. Now, Kintalan is in Scotland and this is a Gaelic folk tale. And I'll I'll even do the accent for you if you want. Okay. It's not going to be very good. I apologise to any Scots people listening. So, it says, There was living in Kintalan a woman who had a male child with neither growth nor bloom of other children of his age. From morning to evening he would not cease one minute from crying. He would eat far more food than was natural for the like of him. It was harvest, 
and there was no person on the farm who could draw a sickle but was out reaping the field, except the mother of the child. She too would have been out there if it not for fear that the nasty screaming thing would break his heart crying if she should leave him in charge of any other person. She should have whipped him on her back, made some earplugs and just went out there and did it anyway. That's what they would do in the Middle Eastern countries or Far Eastern countries, wouldn't they? Well, they would have had all that reaping done really quickly because nobody would have wanted to keep listening to the kids. So <laughs> it's, it's like when you're on a plane with them, isn't it? Mm. That's what it is. Every time I've been on a plane, I've been on one with a changeling. Mm. It happened that there was at the time a tailor in the house making clothes. The tailor was shrewd, observant man, and he was but a short time within until he became suspicious of the lad in the cradle. You, said he to the woman, may go to the reaping and I will take care of the child. The woman went away. <laughs> He's a tailor. He could have sewed his mouth shut. (laughs) (laughs) The woman went away, but she had barely taken her feet over the threshold when the withered object she had left behind began shrieking and crying loudly and sorely. The tailor listened to him for a good while, keeping his eye on him, till he was sure that he had nothing but a changeling. He now lost patience with him and cried in a sharp, angry voice, Stop that music, lad, or I'll put thee on the fire. The crying ceased for a while, but afterwards it began a second time. Art thou at it again, piper of the one tune, said the tailor. Let me hear that music any more from thee, and I will kill thee with the dirk. When the fairy beheld the frown on the tailor's countenance, and the dirk in his hand, he took such a fright that he kept quiet a good while. That would put any kid, you can't slap a kid these days, but threaten him with a dirk, Mm. in the olden days that was fine. The tailor was a cheerful man, and to keep... He sounds like a cheerful man, doesn't he? (laughs) Yeah. The tailor was a cheerful man, and to keep from wearying, he began to hum a tune. In the middle of the music, the ugly elf raised a loud howl. But if he did, he was not allowed to go on with his wobble but a very short time. The tailor leapt off his work table, went and said to the fairy, "'We have enough of that music.' Take the right great bagpipes and give us one good tune on them, or else I'll put the dirk in thee. The fairy sat up in the cradle, took the pipes which he had somewhere about him, just happened to have some bagpipes on him, and struck up the sweetest music the tailor had ever heard. The reapers heard it on the field and instantly dropped their sickles and stood listening to the fairy music. At length they left the field and ran in the direction whence the music came. But before they reached the house, the tune had ceased, and they knew not who played it or whence it came. But the reapers returned home in the evening, and the tailor got the mistress of the house alone and told her everything that happened while she was at the reaping, and that her child was nothing but a changeling. He then told her to go with him to the Ardshiel side of the bay, and throw him out into the lock. She did as was told her, and soon as the nasty little elf touched the water, he became a big, grey-haired old man and swam to the other side of the bay. When he got his foot on dry land, he cried to her that if he had known beforehand what she was going to do, he would have made her never think of doing such a thing again. She returned home and found her own child at the door before her, hale and sound. Cool. That's it, isn't it? If your kid is acting up, throw it in the lock, it'll turn into an old man, swim to the other side, come home and your kid will be there, right as rain. But then, who's to say that wasn't another changeling? Yeah. Because where did it go while it was not with the mother? Well, exactly. I reckon the tailor had it. I reckon the tailor was in on it all along. (laughs) Well... You are focusing on changelings from the past. Yeah. But I have some information about what a changeling is today. Okay. 
So first I have what I guess is the normal definition of a changeling. A person who either was switched at birth with an otherworldly baby or who is truly from another planet. Planet, okay. Also, a changeling can be people who will frequently show up in an online community, burn every one of their bridges, start arguments, troll like it's the end of days, garner universal disdain from their fellow board members, then get booted from the board only to show up again immediately afterward under a new username and continue to repeat the same process over and over and over. Right, okay. So there's an online changeling as well then. Next we have, when you want to know how someone is in bed but can't sleep with them for any number of reasons and you talk a friend into doing it for you and reporting back. (laughs) Oh, what? Okay. Why would you want a friend to go and have sex with the person that you were kind of hoping to have sex with? I don't know. And then I've got a girl who is sometimes attractive with makeup on, but completely gross without it. I've seen some of them on YouTube. So there you go. That's some modern day changeling definitions for you. Well, those aren't what we're talking about today. <laughs> yes, it is. Because I just talked about Other it. Other than you just describing it, that's not what we're talking about today. So... The idea of a changeling is that fairies could steal a child away, possibly forever. And when you think about it, that's probably one of the most frightening things, isn't it, as an adult you could ever think of, is that your child would be taken and hurt. Well, it depends, though. If you go by the fact that they take it and replace it with something else then you don't really know, do you? You wouldn't know at first. Well, no, they do know because it's so different. That's how they identified the fact that a changeling Do you know what Do you know what it probably was? What? I bet you that this kid would be all nice and sweet, just a little baby, it's great, it's wonderful, it sleeps, it does all, And then it starts to have reflux or something and it starts screaming, so now it's acting totally different. And they go, oh my God. Or it's got colic... And then all That's of a exactly sudden, what it was. It was usually a sick child that led them to believe that they had a changeling. And then when they, if they were a little older, then they'd be cutting teeth and a lot of kids scream. And it, that's probably what it was. And, yeah. Just Yeah, definitely. Why would a fairy steal a human child? Well, many believe that fairy babies were ugly. And so the idea of stealing a human child would be that it would, beca- it would be a beautiful child and therefore they could raise it as a fairy. And so they replace it with the ugly fairy baby. That's the one theory. Well, I don't know because Bryce was not a cute baby. Oh, he's got to edit this. You realise he's going to make you sound shit. He already knows. I told him. <laughs> that is sucks. He wasn't though. He, he, he wasn't. He wasn't done baking yet. So, Well, I know he was know. creamy. Yeah. Wasn't done baking. (laughs) Eats enough baked goods now. I know, right? The other theory was that the fairies would replace an old and dying fairy with a new, fresh baby. So when their elderly, sick fairies were going to die, they would replace that with a healthy human gorgeous baby so what do they do then say some sort of incantation over this normal baby to make it be a fairy because well think about it that story that we just read or that story that i just read in my amazing scottish accent not when they threw that baby into the water it turned into an old man didn't it an old fairy yeah no i know but i'm just saying what makes i don't know how they do it 
I don't know what the mechanism is. Well, you need to go to Scotland and find <laughs> out. The other theory was that fairy babies, okay, the changelings, required human mortal food to grow. So they would replace it with a changeling, you'd feed it, it would grow, and then they would steal it back at some point when, obviously, in real life, the kid gets better. Yeah. That's them actually stealing the changeling back because you fed it now. And How did the fairies keep the baby alive in the first place? The one that they snatched? Oh, goodness knows. Would they feed it? I don't think they worked it out that far. So one of the most sinister theories is from the Scottish tradition, and it says that fairies had actually done a deal with the devil, and every seven years they owed the devil a tithe. So the devil demanded a blood sacrifice, but the fairies' high self-regard would prevent them from killing one of their number. The fairies instead abducted a human child to pay their blood dues. Other people believe that crossbreeding was another motive in order to prevent their bloodlines from becoming sort of choked, if you like. The fairies would take humans to inject that fresh blood into their clans. Well, that's interesting. I know of a few movies that have to do with changelings. Mm -hmm. One of them was called The Changeling, and it was more of a horror movie, which I can't remember all of the details of it, but I do know that it was creepy. And I was young, so you know I can only really remember bits and pieces. And then there was the movie that was directed by Clint Eastwood, which is The Changeling. Angelina Jolie was in that one. Mm-hmm. That particular movie is based on a true story, though. Yeah, I read about this. So the movie, as I said, was directed and all that by Clint Eastwood. So I think that may have been one of the reasons why it was a little bit more popular than it probably should have been. Because I remember watching that movie and being a little bit bored going into it. But Sorry, Angelina, if you're listening to this. <laughs> well, she's got, what, six changelings of her own now. You can't call Angelina's police <laughs> kids changelings. <laughs> They are. Their circumstances totally changed when they got adopted by her and then when her actual children were born that she did have. But anyway, the movie is about a woman who goes to work one day, comes back and kid's gone and gets replaced by a changeling, by a kid that is not her kid. The actual story is that it happened in 1928 in Los Angeles. The mother worked at a telephone company so she was a manager she was one of those that pushed little pegs in and pulled them oh, out my mum and my mum and my auntie used to do that my okay. mum and my two aunties used to do that so she told her son that he could go to the movies while she was at work when she got home and he wasn't there she didn't worry too much at first but eventually she she called the police and she told them that she believed that someone took her son and that it was retribution because the dad's father was a very well-known con man and robber and a bit he, of a gangster from what yeah, I and he was in prison at the time in Folsom State, and he was in there for armed robbery. So she knew he didn't take him, although I suppose he could have had somebody do it. Who knows? Because she kept asking for help and everything, it became a national story, and this was you know, back before the internet and stuff. So, but she made enough noise about it that the LAPD started to look into it. They had loads of leads and they tried to go through all of them, but they just weren't coming up with anything. Eventually the public got involved and really lit the fire under the police department saying, you know, why aren't you doing anything about this? This is a boy, Mm -hmm. you know, his mother's telling you he's gone. And I guess it was different too because you couldn't just put the kid on the side of a milk cart. And I don't know if they ever did that here, but when you'd buy milk back home, 
in a paper carton. There would always be a missing child on it. I don't know when they started doing that. But anyway, so now it's five months later. The kid's still missing. And then all of a sudden, there was this boy in Illinois who said that he was her son. And there were some pictures exchanged, letters. So eventually she she says, okay, well, I'll pay for him to get... To L.A. Yeah, to me. Which is weird because, again, you'd think the police department would sort of... Yeah. Anyway, she goes there to meet him. And as soon as she sees him, she knows that that's not her son. She said that he did look a lot like him, but it was definitely not not her kid. So the LAPD then questioned the boy and say you know, what's up, dude? Because she says that you're not her son. And his story just didn't make any sense at all about kidnapping any of it. But the doctors at the time who were brought in to examine him because they thought, well, maybe it is her son, but he's traumatized. You know, I mean, they were really trying to make this square kid fit into a round hole. And people that looked at him at the time said, well, we think he is keeping a secret. We don't know what it is. He's still saying that he is Walter. So, the LAPD captain, J.J. Jones, responds to her after they interview him, and he said, look, just take the kid home and try him out. <laughs> try him out. Try him out. Jeez. You know? You'd be going nuts, wouldn't you, as the mother? You would yeah. be going absolutely fucking nuts. Where is my real kid? Yeah. And where was that kid's parents? Yeah, well... Because her son that went missing, wasn't he 12? I don't know. I so, can't remember how old he was. I, I but think he was, he was about 12. He was so young. So that kid, if that kid was about 12 as well, his parents must be going, where the fuck is ours gone? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you'd think that he would have said, look, we'll take the kid back, we'll send him away, whatever. But he didn't. He, he told her to try him out. So she then, she takes him home because she has lost a child. She doesn't want some other kid to be out on the street or whatever, so she takes him home. Mm -hmm. To try him out. To try him out. And for three weeks, he was there in her house, and she was treating him as if he were her son. Eventually, she just said, I'm sorry, I can't keep him. He's not my son. Yeah. So when she contacted the police again, she brought friends of hers, his dental records, her son's dental records... So she's trying to prove now that, that this is not her, her kid. Yeah. Take him away. Bring me my real kid. And so, yeah, so she did have witnesses who knew the child. And yeah. they all converge and go, it's not her son. It's him. not him. And what the police then told her was, you are the most cruel-hearted woman I've ever known. You are a fool. Even though she's bringing and, all of this evidence in front of them. Well, his sort of reaction was that she was trying to make the LAPD look bad and JJ Jones said you should be grateful because kids go missing all the time at least you've got one that you can take (sighs) care of so now rather than try to work with this woman and just to figure something out Mr. JJ Jones is so adamant that that is her child and so I think afraid to that they that, that the they police are going to look like it is that he yeah. actually has the woman committed yeah and she was there for five days and while she was in there the police started to really talk to this boy and say what the hell you know what's going on what the fuck dude? she's still saying you're not her son you need to say what the heck is going on here and after five days of the mother being 
in the psychiatric place, the boy finally says his name was Arthur Hutchins and he was 12 years old and he ran away and he just wanted to get to Hollywood to meet some of his favorite stars. And so he said that he was this boy so that they would take him to L.A. So five more days go by before they let the mother out of the psychiatric hospital. So she had to sit there another five days after they knew. Because they're trying to find out if they could spin it. Yeah. So she gets out and she immediately sues Jones and the LAPD. And she won, but she never saw any money from it, which... No. But still, nobody knew what happened to the real Walter. No, and still don't, I believe, to this day. Well, there were some trial testimony and information that came out at the time that sort of proved that he was a victim of a serial killer couple, and their names are Sarah and Gordon Northcote. They were not a couple, they were mother and son. But wasn't it true that they actually couldn't describe the kid? They couldn't say his eye colour or anything like that? They yeah, weren't... I mean, I'm just saying these are rumours. I mean, I think they were trying to tie the little ki- the case up in a nice, neat little bow exactly, or yeah. whatever. Exactly, so they could say another one was solved. So... So she didn't believe that they were involved, did she? She didn't believe that the mother and son serial killer duo... No. They were she involved. Didn't, she didn't, because like you said, they couldn't, you know, they couldn't describe anything about, about the child. She died on December 8th, 1964, and was still looking for her son. You would, wouldn't you? You would, that, you would just do it for the rest of your life. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just it's ridiculous, isn't it? So that happened in 1928. That's when the boy went missing, and she spent how many years after that just looking for her child? Why? Well, I'm not really going to make any jokes about that or have a laugh about that because that is something that's really... It doesn't really fit the definition of a changeling as far as what you're talking about with myth and all that, but it does fit in with some of the sort of more modern twists on it, doesn't it? Well, the whole idea of losing your child and then getting a child back is kind of fits. Well, yeah, no, no, I understand that, but it isn't, it wasn't a folk tale or whatever. It was much more modern, if you want to call something that happened in 1920 modern, but. Well, it is compared to these. Do you know that, going back to the medieval times again, that to prevent a child from being snatched, they believed that iron used to repel fairies. Fairies don't like iron at all, Mm -hmm. as opposed to you, doesn't like ironing. Um, Uh And they would leave things near the crib, like scissors, because they're made of iron. (laughs) Can you imagine these days getting a visit from the health visitor? You know, know, you've just had your baby, you know, and what the fuck are those pair of scissors doing in the crib with the baby? Well, they should have put, like, shields around it or something. What, put them in there like an iron curtain? Yeah. In Wales, there was a story of one which was called the Welsh Widow, and the fairies were quite clever in taking her child because they actually made the cattle that she was tending on her farm suddenly freak out so that she would have to rush to the cattle and try and calm the cattle down. And when she came back to the house, the kid was a changeling. Mm. But I don't know the story, and I'd like to look it up at some point, but apparently she worked with a local wise man and managed to get the child back. I haven't been able to find out how you would get a child back from a fairy tale fairyland yet. Yeah. 
But yeah, I'm trying to do a bit more research on that. So pretty cool. But they believe it or not, even on the other side of the world, the Japanese believe the child must be returned before they ate the fairy food or else the exchange was irreversible. So even if the fairies did take the child and leave a changeling, you had to get your child back before they ate any fairy food. Otherwise, you never yeah. get your child back. So it's all around the world. Right. Well, that kind of goes back to a theory of how people can think of and learn and talk about things all over the world and how were they able to do that without the means to get all over the world. But I think we were talking about it the other day, how there is a natural progression almost that people think of similar ideas to get from A plus B equals C, where you would think of something that would steal your children it isn't uncommon is it because like you said it's a fear that every parent has and so then what do they do they have this little piece that is true nobody wants their children to be snatched and then it just gets embellished a bit more changed there or it's whatever like a, a natural evolution i guess of, of a story because people do tend to think similar things i mean well i mean except for some people are just truly messed up but psychologically people do want things to be explained they want there to be reasons why stuff would happen that's why they we get fooled so much with like illusions and stuff because your mind always tries always runs a linear sort of route to Mm. working out a problem so you introduce something that's a little bit different in there and it becomes an illusion because you miss it yeah get yourselves comfortable guys and strap in for this one hi shelly and bella i'm really freaked out and i hope you don't mind me contacting you but I had something happen to me recently that I need to tell people about. First of all, I live in Tennessee. I work shifts, and sometimes I don't get home until after dark. I live down a country road, a single lane back road that stretches for three miles or so. Locals use it as a cut through, but after dark it gets really quiet. Up until recently, I liked that. I came home from work late one night in March and stopped outside my house in our small driveway. I opened the door and almost had a heart attack when a head appeared in the gap of my open door. A head? A head. The head was no more than a few inches from mine. Imagine that, turning up outside your house, it's pitch dark, you open the door, and and there's a head inside your car all of a sudden. Yeah. (laughs) The first thing I saw were black eyes. The head belonged to a teenage boy, maybe 13 years old. I screamed right in his face, and his expression (sighs) never changed. I shouted at him to get back, and he moved back, so he was standing, still in my doorway, but no longer in my face. He said he wanted to get a lift into town. I told him I wasn't going into town, so couldn't take him. I didn't want to tell him I was home, even though he was in my driveway. I asked him where his parents were, and he just looked at me silently with those black pools. So he opens the door, and the kid is in the house. No, she's pulled up in her car... And she's opened the door of her car to get out because she's just pulled into a driveway. And as she opens the door, his head's in the car straight away. Right, okay. Right next to her okay, face. Okay, okay. So she screams and sort of pushes him back. And he kind of, he's maybe stood up a little bit or something. So his mm. head, his face isn't next to hers anymore. Right. Yeah, so she said, I didn't want to tell him that I was home even though he was in my driveway. I asked him where his parents were. And he looked at me silently with those black pools for eyes and then asked again to get into the car. I again said no and that I wasn't going to town. He became insistent and kept repeating his request like a robot. His pitch and volume hardly changed. 
the only thing that increased as he was getting more insistent was the timing, which was speeding up. I asked where he had appeared from and told him it was wrong to startle me the way he did. He just looked at me like I'd said something in a foreign language that he didn't understand. I said I had to go and I asked him to step away so I could close my door. I don't know where I was going to go, but I didn't want to get out. He said, no, you have to let me in. I pushed him away from the door and quickly shut and locked it. I put the car in drive and left. As I pulled out of the driveway, I checked my mirror and he was running behind me. I pulled out of the driveway and just drove. I called my husband who was with a buddy of his and asked him to go home and make sure that the kid had left before I went back home. I just sat with a coffee shaking in a diner until he had checked it out. I dread of being in our driveway now after dark. I don't know where he came from. When I pulled into the driveway, I lit the place up with my headlights and yet when I opened my door, there he was. He never told me what he needed in town and seemed not to understand anything that I was saying. When I asked him questions, he looked at me blankly. It was like he was programmed or trained to say something specific and could not deviate from that. I didn't feel any compassion like I would for a child. I just needed to get out of there. Now, when I get home late... I have to call my husband to meet me in the driveway. I just wanted to share something that scared me to the core. Maybe talking about it and discussing it with people will help me rationalise it and come to terms with it. I don't want to live in fear, afraid of the shadows. And she goes on to just say thank you for the podcast. Love how entertaining it is and how you guys have type of conversations that her and her husband have. It's refreshing to find a paranormal style podcast where people discuss it as you would with a friend or partner without having to have a so-called expert touting a new book every episode. She says keep up the good work and that's from Becky on that first of all thank you for those comments really appreciate it I have to say I do like a lot of the podcasts with the specialists in their field in it so I'm not going to put those down but I appreciate the fact that you enjoy ours but what can I say thank you for sending that in yeah a black eyed kids story is that is funny because that touch him wonder if you can touch him well she said she pushed him away shoot I'd be all like come here let me tase you with my new taser (laughs) and then I'll take you to town if you really want to (laughs) go Yeah, get some, one of our tennis rackets. One of the executioner yeah. tennis racket things that we've got. <laughs> I mean, we're making light of it, but you've said how scared you are on there, and I appreciate that. It's funny that what you have described is so like almost every other black-eyed kids encounter we've ever heard of, isn't it? Yeah, it's, and that, we did do a podcast. It was one of our very, very, very first ones that we. And it's actually did. still one of the most popular podcasts. Actually, we've got more listens on that than any other podcast that we've ever it's done. It's funny because I never heard of it. Not, I mean, I saw a movie, yeah, Village of the Damned, but I never knew that it really was a thing until we started looking at it and trying to do research for it. This whole premise of the masking to come in somewhere, whether it be inside your car or inside your house, it seems that that's what they need. They need you to invite them in. It's like the old vampire law. We did a podcast on vampires, didn't we? And it's like the vampire law where you have to invite them in to give them that power. Well, I know the one couple did invite them in at one point, didn't they? And they ended up getting sick and stuff. Well, that's what was in the podcast, yeah. So check that yeah. episode out if you want to have a look at it. And Becky, I, I guess you've probably already looked at that. If you listen to our podcasts, you've already stumbled over that one. And maybe that's what encourages you to send it into us. But all I can say is if you do get any more things happen, then let us know. But hopefully to try and set your mind at rest... In all of the research that we did for that last podcast on Black Eyed Kids, I don't think we ever found one where they returned. We never did. So maybe now that you've already said no, they hopefully won't try yours again. Well, of course, then there's the other way to look at it, which is once you tell someone... You almost pass it on to them. Yeah, because it 
tended to only go to people who have... Yeah, so thanks, Becky, you've just passed it on to us, yeah, so tag but, your it. All right, but if you if there's somebody you really don't like... <laughs> yeah, tell them about it. Call them up, tell them what happened to you, and then... I, I think the, the most important thing is, is that you stood your ground and you said no, and you got out of there. And from what I've heard, that is all you need to protect yourself. So, yeah, good on you on that. Yes, yes, thank you very much. Really do appreciate you all listening to our podcast again. Please do share the podcast if you can on Twitter or Instagram or wherever it is you share your stuff. Please do try and get the word out there. We really would appreciate that. We are getting a steady progression of more and more listeners every month. And so if you could help that along, that would be brilliant. And maybe if you all make it your goal to maybe share it with two people, that would be absolutely fantastic and just help us grow that little bit more. If you do have a story that you want to send us, send it to weirdwackywonderful at outlook.com, just like Becky did, and we will share it with our listeners. And other than that, we will speak to you next week. Take it easy, guys. Bye.